Okay, Boker Tov, everybody. So we are continuing our discussion in Chatanefesh, and I believe this is going to, probably going to be our final shiur on the topic. So uh, we finished the main chapters of In Siftei Chaim Amun Chatanefesh, but here he has a little bit of an epilogue, a little bit of a something at the end, an extra thing at the end, uh, where he discusses the bracha that Yaakov Avinu gave to Reuven, his firstborn Reuven. So Yaakov, in the bracha, in the blessings, so really when Yaakov gave blessings to his children, he didn't only focus on their strengths and or bless them for greatness, he also helped them see what their weaknesses are. Because sometimes the greatest blessing we can give to somebody is by making them aware of the areas that they need to improve. So in Yaakov Avinu's blessing to his children, he also points out some areas, at least some of them, could work on and some of them need to improve in their lives. So in the bracha he gives to Reuven, he says, Pachaz kamayim al totar. He says to Reuven, Pachaz kamayim, that he was, he acted very quickly, very impetuously, without uh, necessarily thinking through what he was doing. He acted too quickly. He was maybe even impatient in what he did. So it is explained that Yaakov Inu was referring to the incident where uh, Reuven had switched the beds, where he had taken out the bed of his uh, father's wife, uh, Bilhah, and he had per- replaced it with the bed of his uh, mother, Leah. Uh, there are other interpretations of what he did, but whatever it is, Yaakov Inu was giving him some sort of criticism, and more importantly, making him aware of a shortcoming that he had in this bracha. And the, the outcomes of Pachas Kamayim Al-Totar was that he lost two major uh, aspects of his, of his, for him, for his tribe that he would have had. Number one, uh, he lost the Kihuna, that they were, no, the tribe of Reuven was supposed to be the tribe of Kohanim, but they lost that. And number two, or the firstborns in general also were supposed to be the Kohanim, but they lost that. And the second thing that he lost was the Malchut. He lost the, uh, the kingship. The, instead of being the tribe of Yehuda, which now is where the tribe of kingship went to, it was supposed to be from the tribe of Reuven. So Rabbi Freelander explains how these connect to Pachas Kamaim or to the lack of to being very impetuous or to seeing what seems to be interpreted the way he's interpreting it as a lack of Minuchat Hanefesh. In order to be a Kohen, a person has to have be entirely focused on the thoughts, the 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 ability of the Kohen is to unite the people through the Korbanot, to unite the animal and Hashem, and oh, not really unite the animal and Hashem, but unite the, the different parts of the Korban with the Kohen, with the people, all together. That's his ability. So it requires a, a great ability for a person's mind and thoughts to be completely lined up, to be completely um, in place. And therefore, there are many times that inappropriate thoughts can actually ruin a, kohen, ruin a korban. He doesn't have to do, the kohen didn't do anything wrong, but he thought something wrong, and that made the korban invalid. So, the Reuven, who is lacking in this quality, this quality of menuchat nefesh, of being a peace of mind, having everything in order in his mind, wasn't worthy to become the kohen. And similarly, a king, a melech, requires a huge amount of focus 
and a huge amount of self-control. Being able to have the Menuchat HaNefesh to live one's life in a way where his different drives and different desires are not overcoming him, but rather he's in control of what's going on inside of him. For a person to become a leader and have control over other people, he first has to have control over himself. Because he needs to be able to treat people fairly and not to give one more and one less based on how he feels or based on how he likes that person. He has to be able to serve as a role model. So if a person does not have menuchat uh, hanefesh, a person doesn't have all his character traits in order in, in a restful way, so then he cannot become a leader for other people. So the part I wanted to focus a little more on over here is what Freelander discusses is the following question. So I, we understand perhaps how Reuven was lacking in these character traits, but what did that have to do with the future generations? The milucha, the kingship was not going to happen for hundreds of years. The being the Kohanim, the, the, the Reuven lived, lived several, maybe uh, uh, close to 100 years or at least 50 years before the building of the Mishkan. It wasn't going to be, he wasn't going to be the one who was going to be serving in the Mishkan and then certainly not in the Beit HaMikdash. So why was it so important that Yaakov Avinu says that the tribe of Reuven has lost these rights? So he says a very, very important principle. He says that the principle is that the person's temperament, a person's character traits, are inherited from one generation to the next. And Yaakov Avinu knew that these character traits weren't automatically going to disappear. And these character traits would go to the next generation and then to the next generation. And each generation would have perhaps these character traits and would be struggling with these character traits. And the outcomes could be even worse than what happened with Reuven. And therefore, the other character, the other generations weren't necessarily worthy to be able, or at least it was too risky to have the future generations be the Kohanim and, and be the Melachim, be the kings, because of the risk of these character traits. So Ray Freelander, in this, in this section, he continues and he tells us an incredible, incredible principle. He says that we have to realize that our, many of our character traits and certainly much of our temperament comes to us as an inheritance. It comes to us from our parents, from our forefathers, from our grandparents. So what does that mean for us? He says that we have to realize that these character traits which we have received are just the raw materials whether they are positive character traits or whether they're negative character traits. They're just the raw materials. However, our responsibility is to work on them. If we have inherited positive character traits, let's say somebody has uh, inherited uh, uh, patience, let's say, or or some other positive character traits, whether it's generosity. So right, Friedlander says that, okay, now I have the raw materials, but it's my responsibility to work on it. It's my responsibility to build with it, to strengthen it, to work, to practice it, to study it. Because through study and practice, a person strengthens the character traits. And if a person doesn't strengthen the character traits that he has received, so then he's at risk of losing them because they become withered. It's like a muscle. If you don't strengthen them, it won't necessarily be able to do what it needs to do. But a person has to work on strengthening those character traits. And then he will be able to um, use them correctly. And on the flip side, if a person inherits negative character traits or a challenging temperament, let's say a person inherits 
uh, a natural tendency towards anger or temper or something else, impatience, whatever the character trait that a person will inherit. So it's not that he's stuck in that character traits, but rather this is his challenge. This is one of his purposes that Hashem gave him to be in this world for. That's why he's here, to be able to fix that character trait. The character trait that he receives is just the raw materials, but it's his responsibility to improve it, to fix it, to define it, to mold it, and to make it turn it into a positive character traits. Because those character traits, they go over, they come to him in Yerusha, in inheritance, but it's his or her responsibility to strengthen them and to make the most of them. To act, to study, and most importantly, or perhaps just as importantly, to pray to have tefillah in tefillah, to pray to Hashem, to ask, to help him be able to strengthen his or her character traits. Tefillah is an incredibly powerful tool. We just have to remember to use it and be focused in our tefillah to make sure we use it correctly. So Rabbi this is the conclusion of Menuchat HaNefesh. I think we've all, I personally have gained a lot from it, and we've all gained a lot from it, from our realization that our Menuchat HaNefesh is the key, is the underlying focus of so many other things that we do. We strengthen it by acting in certain ways. We strengthen it by thinking, reflecting about the fact that all the end games, all the results come from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And our responsibility is just to do our job here and to be 100% focused on the task that we are doing right now. We're focused on the task, the task gets done well, and we're able to order our lives, we're able to do many things in our lives, to accomplish many things, but the key is to be focused on the task at hand and to do it with all our energy and all our focus in the best possible way. And in that way, we can have the Menuchat HaNefesh to accomplish all the other things that Bezran Hashem we want to accomplish in our lives. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Kol Tuf.